LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Madeline Galea. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every Monday. Hi, Derek. Hello, Madeline. Every Monday, what's been happening yeah. in your world? It's this is playing in the new year. So, what? Mm. Uh, but we're recording before Christmas. What do you? What do you, do you get up to at Christmas? Ah, uh, well, I will be. <laughs> um, oh, you know, family Christmas. You know, mum's side, dad's side, immediate family, church. Should be good. I'm looking forward to it. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, oh, it was amazing. My Christmas was unbelievable. <laughs> Best Christmas I've ever had. Uh, yeah, so getting out of Queensland at least. Not that I don't Queensland, but uh, that's what we're doing in theory. Very nice, in theory. All right, for now you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, A Decade of Learnings. So over the past 12 years, what started as Geneva Push, a church planning network looking to see hundreds of churches evangelised into existence, has expanded to be Reach Australia, serving both church plants and the established church, and looking to see hundreds of thousands evangelistic multiplying churches across Australia. During this time as a network, we've learnt a lot. Some of those lessons have been difficult, some have been a joy, but all have helped us sharpen and reinforce our conviction that healthy, evangelistic, multiplying local churches are the key to reaching Australia with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so having seen over 114 churches launched throughout the network, we wanted to pause and reflect on what was working, what needs attention moving forward, and at every point giving thanks for the amazing work God has done in drawing people to himself through all these churches. So today we're going to talk about the key findings from a survey we sent out to our planters and church leaders in the network. And there are encouraging truths and hard truths, but our commitment as a network is to face reality, learn from it and move forward with those learnings for the good of the wider gospel ecosystem in Australia. Our prayer is that God will use what we've learned to strengthen all our convictions about what he is doing in Australia. So today we are going to talk through five areas. It's very exciting, Derek. Oh, well, yeah. it's been an exciting time getting the results back. It's been a long time coming, actually getting out there and collating them. That's and good. as you said, some of it's confronting, um, uh, but it's always insightful and most of it's really encouraging. So it's good. Mm. I am. So we'll, the five areas that we're going to go through, evangelistic impact, church growth, leaders' health, multiplication and training, and leader reflections. Uh, were you surprised by the results? Uh that's a good question. Uh, parts of it, yes and no. Like what we're presenting today, what we're talking about today, are just some of the some of the key areas. There's not everything in there. Um, mm. I'm not sure I would say I was surprised at it. I think I've realised there's quite significant significant variance uh, depending on the church and the context between all of yeah. these areas here as well. Um, part of, I suppose, what was encouraging was it, it reinforced some of the things that we have been putting energy into um, that they are the right things to put energy into and we need to keep doing. That's encouraging. There's other areas that are mm-hmm. on earth that I think I've realised oh, we need to be paying more attention to that as we move forward because that was the whole point of it. Yeah, yeah, nice. All right, so starting with evangelistic impact, what were the key findings? 
Well, there's probably two key findings, and I should say we'll put a link in the show notes. You can go to genevapush.com forward slash network hyphen learnings. Now, let me just pause and say I copped it before this podcast because what the producer <laughs> said that learnings isn't a word. It is today. <laughs> it is today. Network hyphen learnings. Um, within evangelistic impact, there are probably there's a couple of things we saw. One is um, we often talk about new churches reaching new people. And church plants having a higher evangelistic impact than than what we see generally established churches. Now, there's variance within that, of course, there is. But on average, across the churches, we saw that um, we saw that again that the church plants across the network over the last 10, 12 years um, do reach people um, do reach more people in those early years um, than is the average by about a factor of two to two and a half percent more um, often. Now. The, the thing that's confronting, and you can see that, that graph on the website, but the thing I think we realised in doing this is um, it confirmed that they were eventually impact, uh, impactful, if I'm allowed to use that word. I'm nervous now. But <laughs> what, what words I'm allowed to use? Um, but the other thing it highlighted was in about the year three mark for church plants, the evangelistic impact dropped off um, slightly. Mm. It's still around, you know, still quite high. So it, it's compared to... Um, uh, established churches, the average for established churches, but um, it did drop off. Now, there's a whole number of reasons that why that might be that we're exploring. It could, I think part of it is there's a tiredness that often sits in in that two to three-year mark. Uh, there's a clarity of mission at the start and not as many other structures to maintain. And so you can pour energy into this missional um, aspect, the evangelistic part of it. I think you're probably capturing people early on as well um, that might be open. So there's this kind of low-hanging fruit sense. Um, I think as well as if we combine with the next one, which we'll talk about in a second, church plans grow quite quickly. And so when you hit that 100, 120 mark, uh, you still only have one person on staff and you haven't had a huge amount of time to develop leaders, all those things you need in order to scale. And so the person leading the church, his attention is often redirected away from the thing they had planned for in order to shore up other important parts of church. So, yeah, those were things we found. High evangelistic impact still, but um, over time, by the third-year mark, it drops off slightly. Mm. And so if we know after the third-year mark it's likely to drop off, what can we – Should is there something we should do in year two to – Yeah. Yeah, th- well, this is, this is what we're trying to work out. I think from, mm. from us, we – uh, we are now, we run a boot camp for planters pre-planting. Uh, we run a kind of co-op, we get them together, kind of that one, one and a half year uh, moment after they plan as well, just to kind of encourage, refresh, do some more training. I think one of the things we're, we're seeing is we need to work out what it is that, that causes that drop. Is it a staffing issue? Is it a leadership development issue? In fact, leadership mm. development came up significantly in some of the other feedback as well from planters. But what is the cause of that? We need to start paying attention to it at the right place. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's one of the things we're exploring. Is it a staffing issue? Is it an energy level issue? Um, is it a an ability to do evangelism at a, at a smaller church level but not a larger church level? Um, whatever it is in different places, we're going to work out what it is and then train and push into that area. Yeah, you might be a good evangelist but not strong in training others to be evangelistic. And I guess as church is growing, just the logistics and the management of of staff teams of, yeah. Yep. Yep. All righty. Church growth, the second area. 
Yeah, so there's a number of figures flying around around what the average size of a church in Australia is. It looks to me, the average size is probably around, depending on how you use average, about 70, 72, but the mean size, uh, so mean average, is about 50. And so what of we saw... church in Australia? Yeah, yeah. So 50% of churches are 50 and under in Australia. Yeah. Uh, and so what we saw is often church plans after you one are larger than the that that. 50 person adult mm. uh, church uh, year two they're larger than the kind of 70 72 they're at 73 uh, and there's a, a trajectory that goes upwards it's not you know it's not exponential it, it will plateau at some point they, in fact they hit barriers about the 120 barrier after every year four and five but in year four and year five they are hitting that 120 barrier so there is a significant amount of growth in church plants um that runs counter to the size of Australian churches and generally the church growth percentage of established churches. Uh, there is a dynamic there that that um, plays out. Now, I think that if you combine that with the evangelistic uh, impact, I think that does help to understand, help to explain if a church is growing that quickly and it started from scratch, a lot of the systems are having to be created on the fly and therefore the people who are creating the systems their attention, as those systems get more complex and bigger and you have to scale, their attention gets diverted. Um, but that was that was what we're seeing, that often after mm-hmm. four to five-year mark, sustainability for church plants is there um, uh, and we're seeing a, a consistent growth upwards uh, as they head towards that, what is it, that 120 barrier is often a barrier, churches bounce against, and a 200 barrier is the other barrier. Mm, interesting. All right, church growth was number two. Now number three, leaders' health. Yeah, so look, this is coming off. This survey was done in between, I think, uh, August and October of 2021. Yeah. So the end of uh, what was a long two years for leaders. Mm. And we, we asked three things in terms of leaders' health. One was around their spiritual health. One was around their emotional health. One was around their relational health. Um and so we, we saw mostly for planters, they, they reported their spiritual health. Spiritually, they were doing pretty well. They were doing all right. Um, uh, so they felt connected to God in terms of their convictions around ministry and their identity in Jesus. They all felt quite positive about that. That's great. Yeah, it is good. It, that was really encouraging. I, I suppose not surprisingly, as we pushed into emotional health, not surprisingly, mm. people were feeling pretty drained. Uh, it had been a, it's a long two years. And going from week to week, not knowing whether you're going to have to, uh, whether you're going to do church that week, or having to, you know, pivot on a dime at, at the whim of a government announcement, or understand the latest policies, all those kind of things just drain people over time. Caring mm-hmm. for people when they couldn't see them face to face, and so their emotional tank for people was was quite low um, mm-hmm. at that point. Um, now, I think a lot of that would be COVID, but not all of that would be COVID. Yeah. Uh, the last part of it was the relational health. And these two things, I think, are connected, that people reported, planners reported that they were, um, in terms of, there were two things I've pulled out, you can see it on the side, were they actively refilling that kind of emotional, relational tank? Um, Were they finding context where they could connect with people, where they came away energised from it? Um, Mm. And were they developing those healthy relationships in order to see that happen? And for both of those things, uh, the answer was quite low on them. And so they weren't seeking out people uh, who would help them re-energise and recharge where they could just be themselves with, people who would ask them questions about how they're going, 
um, yeah. where they didn't feel like they were the pastor in the situation having to solve a problem. Um, mm. And so low emotional tank, not really connecting with people um, as well as they uh, would like, and particularly not connecting with people who would recharge them. All, all those things contributed were contributed to through COVID. I don't think they're necessarily uh, caused solely by COVID. I think what we saw in there was actually something that happens to people in ministry and planters all the time. Ministry is overwhelming. It's all-consuming so often. And the, the first thing that goes are those connections that we might see as extraneous, um, those connections we might see as, as frivolous um, mm. because I've got you know, 25 people in church who want to have coffee with me to talk through things. Uh, I've got leaders I need to care for, staff I need to care for. The last person I need to, to uh, last thing I need to do is go out to the movies with one of my friends and catch up afterwards for a beer. That, that goes because I'm just too tired yeah. to think about it anyway. But those things are the things that recharge the, cha- the tank. So while I think COVID didn't help in this space, I think it actually just unearthed uh, habits yeah. that we have developed in ministry that are unhealthy. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. It is encouraging though that the the feeling emotionally low, that, that tank didn't necessarily cause people spiritually to you know didn't necessarily impact their relationship with god that their convictions around ministry and their time with god that that still remained strong i feel like one can often impact the other but that's great to see that it didn't yeah i and i wonder it's an interesting observation because i wondered as i saw that whether that is part of our our heritage reformed evangelical heritage (laughs) as well um i think we do have very strong gospel convictions when we go into ministry when we're in ministry and about life about what's driving us and so we're always talking in Geneva Push and Planning and Reach Australia about gospel convictions. There is a heaven and a hell. There's only one way for people to be right. Life is short. Um, you know, God's desire is people would be saved. And we're all within that. Um, and so I think we do have a heritage provides deep uh, convictions and connections uh, with those things. I think we need to, to pay attention perhaps to the connection of those things to the others because I think eventually that might be the last to drop but if the others mm. drop, it will drop. So yeah. I think we need to pay attention to all the things. Um, we aren't we aren't um, monochromatic. Mm. There's more to us than than just those things. Those convictions feed us and drive us, um, but they're not the only thing we need in order to be a full whole person. Yeah. Number four, multiplication and training. Yeah, just quickly on this one. This was um, the other area that came out. Um, uh, the the thing particularly I was looking for here as we were asking these questions was how many people in church are serving? So the average, about the average percentage of people in church, normal churches that serve is about 55%. In plants, it's about 72%. Not surprising, mm-hmm. again, in those first few years because generally it's all hands on deck. Everyone who's in there is, you know, uh, they're not carrying anyone. Everyone's doing something, high percentage of serving. But yeah. the areas that... Um, I really was keen to work out where we're at was with uh, trainees in planters. How many plants were taking apprentices with them? Because we know that when people go with plants as an apprenticeship, if they go into planted church, they plant healthier churches. We, we've seen that from research. And about 41% of, of church plants had an apprentice while they were planting. I want to see that number get much higher. That's one of my goals in the next few years, set that number get much higher. We saw as well about thirteen uh, percent of churches that had plant were planted have planted again thirteen percent, 
Um, wow. There's about, yeah, that was great. That was really encouraging. There's about 30 to 35% of churches within that as well who would say, we've got our eye on somewhere where we are going to plant. So they have a plan to plant. Again, um, we want to find this balance between growing churches that are sustainable sizes in which we can plant from, um, mm. balancing that against the need to keep pushing out, keep pushing on, keep pushing into areas where there are no churches as well and just navigating that balance in yeah. a sustainable way. Mm. And number five, leaders' reflections. Now, this was just a catch-all thing. This is just uh, <laughs> me, me going through and saying, all right, when I, I asked the question uh, to, to the people who did the survey, just tell us three things, three things that if you did again, what you'd want to say to someone or what you'd want to know yourself. And so here are very quickly the five things. You can see them explained on the website. One is it constantly came through work on your own character, work on your own character and love and bear with others. People aren't just tools. Um, and the biggest blockage to your leadership, your planting and your ministry is going to be you and not just competencies, it's going to be your character. So consistently that came out. Work on your character first and foremost. Second was work on your marriage, um, both before you plant and through the different seasons of planting. Uh, so we, we often talk about the, the if people are married, the first planting team is the, is the married couple within that. Um, mm -hmm. But it changes over time as church grows. You know, if, um, if there's kids kind of popping out all over the place, it does change how it, it, you kind of do ministry together. And often by the time um, that your kids are old enough that, your wife might um, have a little bit more space in order to re-engage in the ministry that you guys started together. Things have changed so much. Mm. And so she's uncertain better. So the comment came through, work on your marriage before and through the season of planting. That's number two. Number three, uh, now I mentioned this up above. This is a development of leaders. And uh, so many people who answered this said, I wish I'd started leadership development from day one. I wish I'd done it from day one uh, because they there's so much hustle to do with church planning. You just do things. There's so many things to do. You're just constantly scrambling for the to keep things together and often it, it flows up to the planners or a small team around them um, to do it. But this idea you have to train people from day one in order to be able to scale in years two, three, four, and five and beyond. And if mm -hmm. you don't, you just hit a blockage. Number four, um, small adjustments better than hitting home runs. Uh, there's no silver bullet in planting. Everyone plants wanting to kind of grow a mega church or thinking they're going to crash through that 200 barrier in three years. And so I've got the silver bullet. You quickly learn on the ground. Actually, you're better just to make small adjustments. Yeah. Engage, review, check, review, but do. So small adjustments and gains better. Here's the last one. Um, follow the areas that God is leading. You, you know, you plant with a particular... Um, idea in mind is what it's going to look like, people who you think you're going to reach. Uh, and sometimes God does something quite different, brings mm -hmm. different people. So rather than just being so pig-headed and saying, uh, you know, that's not who I'm interested in reaching, this is what the strategic plan says, to be open to the fact that God may be leading in a slightly different direction and seeing, you know, where the gospel fruit is there. That were the five mm -hmm. things. That's good. Oh, I like that. You can totally cut this out, Tom. But I was listening to a Bezos. Uh, uh, I'm just going to say this to you. Simon Sinek was talking about Jeff Bezos mm. and why he's like an you know exceptional leader in his mind, and just the fact that he when he started out uh, with Amazon, he wasn't anticipating to build what he built. 
mm. currently. And all he wanted to do was an online bookstore. And the same with Netflix. They just wanted to, I can't remember exactly how they started, but it wasn't to make films, yeah. you know. So they just picked that first thing that they really wanted to do and they wanted to do it as I mean, they want to do it as quickly as possible and as well as possible. And mm. then what the leader does is when they get to that point, then they kind of revise it and aim for the next thing. It's not, I want to be a mega church and we might not even have that aim, but yep. um, just that ability to keep refining and going to the next thing, small adjustments. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Mm. Well, in saying all that, what's the one thing you want to say about what we've learned at Geneva Push? Uh I'm going to say two things with a comma in between, if I'm allowed to do that. One is I'm, just, I'm incredibly just thankful. Once. Just this once. Or I'm, here's, here's the first part of that two-part sentence. I'm incredibly thankful for what God has done for the network. Incredibly mm. thankful. I, don't, I won't expand on that now, but that's my first part. It's a comment just there. Incredibly thankful. The second one is we need to keep learning like this. I'm really thankful to be part of a network that wants to learn, is willing to learn and feed back into the whole because we have only just scratched the surface of what we need to do. And so the the second part of my one thing is we need to keep learning and we are better together because of that. Uh, mm. There is so many people who need the gospel, so many opportunities to reach them. And the more we pull back into ourselves and our own tribes and denominations and holes, the less people are going to hear the gospel ultimately mm. under God. So there's my one one thing. Very nice. What's in the toolbox? Oh, the toolbox. Well, I've said a few times, genevapush.com forward slash network learning, network hyphen learnings. That's a network learnings page. You can see more information there. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's a helpful page. Uh, you can see all the, the episodes on church planning we've done. We, we are currently recording podcasts and, and videos on church planning material within Australia. We kind of got halfway through and then COVID hit. Uh, so I'm stuck in Brisbane, Madeline's stuck in Sydney, Tom's stuck in Sydney. And so we are in the new year going to pick that up. You can go to the Geneva Push site. There's a link there to that. And lastly, come to the National Conference next year. This is where you get to rub shoulders with other people who are trying to do the things that you're doing and sharing war stories, sharing ideas, connecting with people. Uh, Reach Australia National Conference, 16th to 19th of May. Uh, next year to EV Central Coast. If you go to reachaustralia.com.au, uh, you will see a link. It's called Mobilise up on the top, the conferences. Mm. Go and check it out. You should. One of the areas we talked about was multiplication and training, and we'll be pushing into that whole area uh, over four days, so you should definitely make it a priority. Yep. Well, uh, thanks, Derek. Thanks for sharing the network learnings. Pleasure. <laughs> I'm Madeline Galea. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.